Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, Victoria, and thank you for joining me here on this episode 97 of the Fifth Estate podcast. Oh, kick off by saying thank you to everyone who's joining me thank you to everyone who's contacted me yes i'm still alive i'm still doing podcasts i uh, got a little bit caught up with life over the last week uh, and it's just being a bit of a side gig for me um those other things took a little bit of a priority but anyway um i'm back at it uh and we'll see how we go see when the next one comes out um now before i get into anything else uh, i want to give everyone an update on the uh, VCAP matters that I spoke about in the last one. Now, the did I, yeah, tribunals sent me out. Um, actually, I might have covered that off, but anyway, if I haven't, um, uh, tribunals sent out notice, uh, what is it, they've issued orders. So by 4 p.m. next Friday, uh, the respondent, who is the Department of Health, uh, has to serve on me uh, written submissions and any supporting affidavit material in support of their Section 75 application. Then I have until 4pm on the 17th of March uh, to advise the tribunal and respond and respondent in writing whether I consent to the application for the review being struck out, obviously which I won't, or he opposes the 75, Section 75 application, in which case he is to file with the tribunal and serve on the respondent written submissions and any supporting material he wishes to rely on and advise whether he consents to the Section 75 application being determined by the tribunal on papers. If the applicant does not respond to the tribunal and the respondents as ordered above, uh, his application for review may be struck out by the tribunal without further notice under Section 76. Uh, administrative mention, this is not a hearing, is scheduled for 22nd of March for the tribunal to determine the further orders required, including whether a hearing of the Section 75 is to be listed, uh, the application is to be determined on papers, uh, the matter struck out or other orders. So, we'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, be interesting to see what the Department of Health come back with. They're going to come back with the, the usual stuff. Oh, it's been settled. The tribunal has decided that these are the threshold matters and, and that's what they'll be going on with and, and that, you know, uh, my application has no reasonable grounds of success based on those previous matters. Um but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, as usual, I'll keep everyone updated uh, and informed about what's going on um, for that. So we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping I'll get up at VCAT on this bit because uh, there's uh, a lot of things that need to be discussed or covered off in the uh, applications, uh, my applications for the. the, the the two matters, uh, but we'll, we'll wait and see how we go at VCAT first and uh, whether I get to have a another hearing with them. Oh, pardon me. Now, um, what next thing I wanted to rant about was um, I, I, I've mentioned it before about there being a uh, what seems to be a bit of a, a coordinated attack on veganism. Now, 
Uh, for those who came in late, I am vegan, have been for about 30 years now. Um, yeah, 30 years. I think, anyway, um, and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I want to mention it. There was something on, on Tim Pool's podcast last week or this week gone, uh, last, say last week, um, talking about veganism and they mentioned one of the things about uh, parents that feed their kids almond milk, so like, you know, an infant baby almond milk um, and, you know, the, 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 the infant goes to hospital and things like that. Now, you know, they're they're trying to use that as justification for consuming cow's milk. Now, let me tell you, I do agree that infants should not be fed uh, any plant milk or anything like that. Um, What they should have is human breast milk um, for that because that is the best thing for a human baby. Same as cow's milk is the best thing for a baby cow. And it's not good for humans. It's not good for baby humans. So, you know, I, I think that they're being um, intellectually dishonest by pushing that, uh, though as it's an entertainment program um, or, or whatever it is, I, I wouldn't really expect them to delve too much into the finer points of, of veganism. Um, but, yeah, it's just something that, you know, they're, they're being intellectually dishonest by doing that. And, okay, by the same – let's by, talk by the same token here. Um, what about those parents who are not vegan whose children end up in hospital for various diet-related problems uh, and things like that? So, you know what, let's just not point the finger at veganism. There's a, there's a lack of education going on out there about the importance of uh, breast milk for babies um, and, and all that sort of stuff. And there's, there's, you know, I think it comes down to a whole lot of things and this is probably going to get me into a load of trouble here. And you know what, frankly, I don't care. Uh, but it's it's the thing is that there needs to be, we need to go back and, and have a real good think about what, we want to do with children. And, I mean, I'm talking about parents trying to, you know, juggle a career and, and raising a baby. Well, you got to decide which one's more important. Um, you know, is, is raising a family more important and, and having a child, raising a child more important or is, you know, earning a couple of dollars and, and you know, doing the nine-to-five grind, is that more important? Um, so, you know, it, it's a thing. If that's more important to you, keep your legs crossed at the, at the start and, you know, don't get into a situation where you're going to have a kid um, if you're not prepared to, you know, um, commit 100% to, to having the child. Uh, and, you know, if you get up, you know, get upset about that, well, you know what, maybe this podcast isn't for you um, because I'm not saying that, you know, before you jump on, that's a misogynistic um, claim or an anti-woman claim, you know, go and get stuffed. Um, I've never said anything about that. I'm just saying that individuals need to decide what they want to do, um, whether they're going to, you know, have a career or raise a family. And, I mean, this is the thing, is that once a kid, you know, comes off, off the boob, um, hopefully about three or four years of age, um, you know, if the mother wants to go back to work and the father stays home, go for it. Um, don't have any problem with that whatsoever. It's uh, just that uh, we should be raising our children, not the state, uh, with, you know, 
Albanese and Andrews and Co. pushing, oh, there's free childcare, free kinder, cheap childcare, and this, we're making it more affordable for working families. Well, how about reducing cost of living so both parents don't have to work and that there can be one parent that stays at home to look after their kids. So, you know, let's focus on that. And this is the thing by, um, you know, we as uh, parents, potential parents, etc., etc., need to stop and, and have a think about, you know, what is important to us. Is being a constant consumerist more important to us or is raising a family more important to us? If raising a family is more important to you, well, you better give up your BMW. You better be prepared to to not even think about one, you know. Um, and I'm not going to say give up. I'm not going to talk about sacrifice or anything like that because, you know what, you're the ones that have made the decision to have a child. So... If you think that you can do both, well, you're going to do both a disservice and you're going to end up having children that are going to be raised by the state and educated by the state, indoctrinated by the state and everything like that. So it's, yeah, it's just going to be one of those things where, you know, it's not going to be the the, the right thing for you, for your kids for a start, um, for that one. So anyway, that's... Going back to the original rant about veganism, um, so there's, there's, funnily enough, there's um, when people are getting up and down in what you would call conservative media about the, you know, the World Economic Forum's claim about eating bugs and crickets and whatever else, um, and you know, crickets going. You know, I think the FDA is proved cricket flour or something like that and then uh you know jumping up and down oh we're not gonna eat cricket flour but you know because it's bugs well you know what yeah you haven't jumped up and down over the last 20 or 30 years that there's been cochineal which is uh, a beetle that they get the red coloring from you haven't jumped up and down about that um and you haven't jumped up and down about the let, let's be honest here, and this is going to be a bit gross, the, the pus content or the blood content in your in your uh, dairy milk. So why are you getting upset about eating bugs now? Um, so, and interesting enough, there was um, uh, Ali, Ali May, um, one of the, the writers for The Spectator and all that sort of stuff, uh, did a post about, uh, what was it? Oh, about the, the the cricket flower and all that sort of stuff, and then made a comment about um, how can vegans live with the animals that are killed for their food? And of course, I had to jump in and, and point out that that's not what veganism is about. Um, that you know, and you know, yeah, okay. Going back back a step, veganism essentially is about not using or abusing or oppressing um, other animals for. You know, for for our our benefit, um, so we understand due to modern farming practices, animals will be killed, uh, and that's not something we can avoid um, unless you grow your own flour. Um, you know, get out with the the hand sigh and you know cut the flour that way and mill your own flour that way. Uh, though that's not exactly. Um, achievable or realistic in this day and age, uh, especially when we do, going back to the, the previous segment, we have to work 
full-time hours just to be able to survive. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a thing. We know and that there's animals killed in, in the production of wheat, production of whatever else there is. Um, even road killers who are driving down the road uh, and, and things like that. So it's not about living in existence where animals don't, you know, aren't killed. It's about living in existence where they're not used uh, for for our um, selfish purposes. So, you know, that's riding horses um, and, you know, uh, animals kept in confinement for... Um, particular body parts or, or particular secretions uh, and things like that. So um, could could have a bit more about rant about that one, but, yeah, I, I, I think I might leave that. But, you know, this is the thing is that, you know, from the, the anarchistic, libertarian, whatever position that it is and, um, you know, I was actually talking about that, the anarchistic one. Now, I, I did um, previously describe myself as a free market uh, anarchist, though um, at this point in time um, I was a little, doing a bit more research into it and Zeno, uh, who was a creator of uh, – Zeno of Citium, who was a creator of Stoicism, he was a utopian anarchist and his view was that uh, in his – uh, you know, view of, of utopia, that there would be no laws, there would be no government, there'd be no money or anything like that because we would all be um, upright moral people where we wouldn't need these things. So, you know, we wouldn't need money because if we, we produce for ourselves or we produce enough that, hey, we could go and barter it, um, you know, for, for something that we do need and things like that. So with that Aspect, um, I'm you know, I'm uh, ultimately a, a utopian anarchist, so uh, I think that's what we need. And even thinking about that one takes me back to the Doctor Who episode, uh, A Good Man Goes to War, where um, Madam, I can't remember what her name is, um, turns around to the doctor and says something about. Um, good men having so many rules and the doctor turns around and says good men don't need rules and now is the time not to now is not the time to find out why I have so many so you know that's the thing that's it good men don't need rules um, because we are good people uh, we don't need that so that's essentially a um you know, you can utopian anarchistic view there. Um, and the doctor admits that he's not a good man. Uh, that's why he has so many rules uh, because there's so many things that he can do and he's done and he doesn't want to do them again. So anyway, going back to where I was before, which one was I talking about? Oh, I can't remember now. Gone down that, that little rabbit warrens that I go down and, and just, yep, disappeared. Um, veganism, vegan, no, anyway, it's gone. Um, maybe it'll come back to me, maybe it won't. Uh, but there, um, so the next thing I want to talk about with that one was that, um, there seems to be a bit of a pressure on, uh, Dr. Philip Lowe or Mr. Philip Lowe or whatever his name is, uh, who's the head of the RBA and, and he's getting hammered, uh, for another increase of interest rates, uh, last week. 
And, you know, it, it's the thing is that people need to realise and step back and instead of pointing the finger at the RBA for doing what the RBA is meant to do, which is control inflation, the only way they can control inflation is by sucking some of the money back and the only way they can suck the money back is by increasing interest rates. So we need to be pointing our fingers at A, the state premiers who shut down the economy for who knows how long over the last couple of years. Uh, it's not something that you can turn it off like it on a like you know turn it off like a tap, and then turn it back on again and it'll still keep flowing. No, when you tell people they're not essential and businesses close, well, when you say hey you are again, those businesses aren't there to employ those people, so they've got to find something else. And let's also point the finger at the federal government here, who is handing out money hand over fist to for for whatever um so you know let's lay the blame solely at the feet of the first ministers and the respective federal governments and even this current one as well so you know what they're not doing enough to uh reduce inflation they're just still handing money out uh for that one uh so you know let's not yes he made a stupid he should never have said that they were going to stay low until 24 he should never have said that and you know it was his own hubris hubris uh that that caused him to say that so you know it's the thing is he's got no one else to blame for that one but himself uh so yeah this is the thing you know instead of blaming the reserve bank let's point the finger at the government they're the ones who turned the tap off shut down the economy decided that you know 50, 75% 50, 75% of the workforce was not essential. So they you know, literally had to stay at home. Uh, and then all of a sudden decided, oh, no, what? You know what? You're essential again. So let's come back to work. We need to do this. Um, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, uh, there's the, the review going on. And I've said it before. Um, I can't remember which podcast it was that this whole plan of, of the review of the RBA is to change the charter of it and to change its focus so it's going to be uh, easier to get along um, central bank digital currencies and everything like that. So this is going to be heavily influenced by the WF and the IMF and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we need to, um, you know, keep an eye out on that one and watch and when it comes to it, push back against it and... Um, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to have any luck uh, in opposing uh, what Chalmers is doing to the RBA, but, hey, I think we should all try uh, because it served us uh, pretty well uh, up until now, and I think it's because of government government incompetence that things have happened the way that they have, and um, unfortunately... Uh, you know, Lowe's not going to turn around and say government needs to reduce spending, so instead... You know, targets the uh, the poor worker and says you need to hang, hang you know, hold on to your, uh, hold on to, hold off asking for your pay rise. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's one of those things that uh, wouldn't like to be in his shoes um, and, and for all that sort of stuff. So, uh, but anyway, um, what can you do? Um, so from there. If you've been paying attention over the last week or so, you would have heard about the um, weather weather balloon. 
uh, or spy balloon or whatever it was called being shot down over the US. Now, since that's happened, I think they've shot down two or three more objects. Um, so I don't know. Um, is this the, the, the coming uh, war of the world? Uh, is this, um, you know, China flexing its muscle and throwing out things or is it, you know, you know, is it um, an invasion from outer space where, you know, because remember it was Ronnie Reagan who said we won't have world peace until there's an invasion from outer space. So, you know, if we take it that politicians always say what's going to happen, is this the time? Because we're seeing increasing conflict all over the place, like, you know, um, the Ukraine's going pear-shaped, um, regardless of, of which side you think is good or evil. Um, and, you know, there was a clip somewhere from NATO, say, from the head of NATO, saying that they've been uh, funding Ukraine since 2014. So if they've been doing that since then, um, you know what was... Putin wrong for doing what he did um, because that was his concern was that NATO was going to end up in his doorstep. And I mean, look what the Americans did with the Cuban Missile Crisis when they thought Russia was going to end up on their doorstep um, for that one. So, you know, if they've been funding the Ukraine for the last nine years, um, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, Zelensky's and, and all, the, all the other corrupt individuals out there aren't as, as innocent uh, as they make it out to be. And plus, you know, look, at they're, they're constantly got their hand out for more. And, yeah, it, it's the thing is that there needs to be a, a, a peaceful solution, um, whether it's the countries just turn around and say, no, we're not going to give you any more ammunition. We're not going to give you any more until you at least go to the table, at least go to the table and have a discussion and, and you know, do a ceasefire and, and see what happens, see if you can find some solution where there's no more loss of life um, for that one because if it continues, um, the world's going to get sucked into it and that's not something that any of us should be wanting. Um, so, you know, we really need to put pressure on our Labor Party politicians, the federal politicians, to turn around and say, no, stop giving money to the Ukraine. Tell them they've got to go to the table. If they want our humanitarian support, they need to go to the table and make it clear all we'll be providing is humanitarian support. We're not going to provide military support for them um, for that one. So, yeah, it's, it is it is one of those things that something needs to be done and with everyone entertaining um, Zelensky when he travels all around the, the world with his hand out, um, you know, while he's still getting things and what he's after jets now from the POMs, um, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon um, for that. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, what else? What else? Hang on. Uh, Yeah, it's probably always good to listen to someone have a drink of water when you're um, listening to a podcast. Uh, anyway, um, what else was I going to rant about today? Um, yeah, if you haven't done so already, I do recommend that you go and get a shooter's license. 
Um, there's a lot of target shooting clubs around. I'm not saying that you need to go out and get um, hunting as a as a reason. Um, you know, until something better comes along, go and join the Sporting Shooters Association. Uh, that membership is relatively cheap. It does give you access to um, ranges. I think in most states they do have uh, different ranges. If you're living in Queensland, uh, I think Shooters Union is a genuine reason under um, that legislation. Uh, I think the same thing applies to New South Wales, Victoria, um, unless you're hunting, um, which obviously I don't want to do. Um, it's, yeah, Sporting Shooters is probably the best one because you can go clay, uh, you, you can take a shotgun out and go clay target shooting or you can take a centerfire, rimfire rifle out and go target shooting there. Um, if you join a specific clay target club, um, that's a genuine reason for having a shotgun or under over shotgun side by side, whatever. Um, but it won't allow you, you know, it won't allow you to have a um, category B centerfire or even a category A rimfire because you can't go target shooting at a um, clay clay shoot um, uh, clay range. So unfortunately, sporting shooters is probably the best one uh, for you because it gives you that range. Now I'm not. Um, telling people to do it, I'm just saying. Unfortunately, and and it it pains me to have to mention the Sporting Shooters Association uh, because I think that they've done more harm to the industry than they have anything else. Um, you know, they, they've done more harm to it than support for it. Um, and I mean, especially when you have a look at their support of Jeff Borman. Uh, and the Shooting Fishers Party, uh, that, yeah, it's, it, 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 yeah, those, those, that group and, and those people are probably going to be the uh, the death of the industry um, because they're not doing anything to push back against the, the crap that we see in the media uh, for that one. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll just... We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, even National Shooters Council is doing nothing about pushing back um, about it. I mean, you know, every time there's something in in the media that, you know, they need to have some sort of statement and just say, nope, we completely disagree with this, we disagree with that. Um, I mean, look, unfortunately two people and a dog were killed the last couple of days uh, in Victoria. can't remember what suburb it was. Uh, you know, by people who went into this into in, into one of the houses and, and shot these two people and and you know one of the deceased's pet dog, um, for that. So you know what? If our gun laws were so freaking good, why did that happen? And if our police are so good that hey, they're here to protect us, which we know they're not. They're here to protect the state and the state's asset and do what the state wants because they're just the enforcement arm of the state. Um, why did it happen? Now, oh, but the police are under-resourced. Well, big freaking deal. They had the resources there to bring the ring of steel out and they had the resources there to shut down the borders and they had the resources there to patrol playgrounds and jogging tracks and, and test people's cups of coffee to make sure there was coffee in it. So, you know what, I think they've got the resources to go out there and, and you know, do what they're supposed to do. Um, but we know that they won't, same as, you know, the, the big push that they've got now. Uh, thanks to the uh, Victorian government, 
is of banning um, motorcycle colours. Now, let's make it clear. Um, I think that, you know, if motorcycle clubs are breaking the law, yep, punish them. If they aren't, um, why should, you know, a piece of fabric, when did a piece of fabric become something that was threatening to people um, for that one? And, you know, we, we allowed it that the the Nazi flag, the Schwarzstecker, has now been prohibited because, oh, you know what, that killed so many people and caused us so much distress. But, hey, hang on, what about the hammer and sickle? How many people is that? How many people have died because of that flag and how much distress and hurt does that flag bring to people? Yet they're not doing anything to ban that. Um, for that, so you know what? It, it's 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 only a piece of fabric, and it's the the impact that it has is the impact that you allow it to have. Um, for that, so yeah, you know, a little bit of Marcus Aurelius there of um, I can't remember, or was it Epictetus? I think it was Epictetus uh, who who said it, um, and all that sort of stuff. So you know what? I I. I think it's yeah, just calm down and, and let's just, you know, turn around and say, and plus, you know what, Victoria Police need more, you know, more laws on their books to shut down bikies. Well, I don't think that they're doing their job in the first place um, because there should be enough. I mean, you know what, get out with the RTA laws, the noise pollution laws, that should be enough to take half of the bikes off the street and then from there... You know, what else is there that they can do? Um, <coughs> so, yeah, I, I think that this this whole thing about, um, um, you know, wanting to ban colours is it, it's just another way. And there will be bracket creep. There will be. It will slowly creep into something else. It, you know, it won't happen this year, won't happen next year, but, hey, they've got those laws on the books, so it's going to happen. And remember, as I've said in a previous episode, there's also the um, uh, fortification laws where if you've got a security camera on your building under the legislation, the state can turn around and say, no, you need to take your security camera down. If you've got security gates or security doors on your property to keep yourself um, safe, and I know safety's a feeling, but hey, if a security door makes you feel safe, then that's it. Um, so anyway, um, so if you've got security doors or security gate, the state can turn around and say, no, you need to remove them. So you know what? Let's not pretend that they don't have any laws. So, you know, why are they enacting that law? Why don't they go and turn around and say, well, hey, under this legislation, um, you know what? You've got to remove the the fortification of your clubhouse. Um what act is it? Um, is it the Fortification Act? Oh, I think that's what it is. Um, uh, do, 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 do. There you go, Fortification Removal Act 2013. Uh, if they can't use that to shut down bikey clubs... Well, what are they doing? Seriously, um, what is going on with them uh, for that one? So, um, so it's on its fourth version now. Well, let's have a look. Do, 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 do. There you go. 
Section four, meaning of fortification. Definitions. Chief Commissioner, compliance period, fortification means uh, as per uh, section four, fortified premises means a premises specified in a fortification removal order in accordance with section 13B. So if we go to section four, meaning of fortification, for the purposes of this act, a fortification is a structured device or combination of of structures and devices that form part of or is attached to the premises and either has or could have the effect of preventing uninvited entry to the premises or part of the premises or would be considered by a reasonable person to be intended or designed to prevent uninvited entry to the premises or part of the premises and is beyond what is reasonably necessary to provide security for the ordinary lawful use of that kind of premises. For the purposes of this act, fortification includes electronic surveillance device such as closed-circuit television, a night vision camera or motion sensor. So if you've got anything more than your front door on your house or on a building, the state can turn around and say, no, you need to remove it. So it says what will be considered by a reasonable person to be intended or designed to prevent uninvited entry to the premises. So a front door is intended to to, um, prevent uninvited entry to the premises or part of the premises. So you don't need anything more than a front door. So... Um, security grills and you know it's this is it um, chief commissioner section six chief commissioner may apply for a fortification removal order uh, chief commissioner may apply to the magistrates court for an order that a fortification must be removed or modified um, so you know what if they need new rules there's something seriously wrong um you know what, they can remove all this crap from their clubhouses and I'm not saying that the state needs to use these laws, uh, I'm just saying that. And this is one for you, David Limbrick, and all that sort of stuff. If you're talking about defending human rights, how about you start talking about this act? How about you put a private member's bill up there, even though it's going to be defeated, that's fine. You've made an attempt, you've done something, you've raised awareness. Make an omnibus bill, make it a freaking huge one. Will you turn around and say, well, this bill needs to go, that bill needs to go, that, sorry, that act needs to go, that act needs to go, because it is there. It is, it is, um, you know, restricting the human rights. I mean, don't I have the the human right or don't I have the right, especially under the, the Charter of Responsibilities Act um, in Victoria, protection of family? Don't I have the right to protect my family? And if that means putting security doors up and cameras and all that, and even using lethal force if someone trespasses and threatens to do things to my family, don't I have the right to do that um, for that? So, um, yeah, it, it it's a big rant there, but hey, you know what? It's my podcast. If you don't want to hear me rant, tune in and go and listen to something else. Um, but, you know, this is the state of things in Victoria. Um, we've got a Premier who really doesn't give a whoop to you about anyone else apart from him being able to grandstand, uh, we saw him taking his little jaunt through town uh, with one of the, the Rainbow Parades and yet a week beforehand he shut down the Australia Day Parade. Uh, there's probably not going to even be another Anzac Day march, which uh, conflicting things about that because the whole idea of Anzac Day marches was to keep keep doing the march until there was no one left to march, which means that there would be no more wars, there would be no more conflicts, there would be no return um, service people. So I think that... Um, I understand why 
um, family members want to get in and, and march because they want to show them the medals of of their their family and all that sort of stuff. I understand that. Though the idea of the Anzac Day marches was to have a march so that there's no more and just to keep letting people know we cannot have wars. We cannot send our young men and women of this country and a lot of the times it's young boys and young women. We cannot send them off to war. We cannot send them off to places to fight for fucking things that that politicians and their egos want us to do. Um, And you know what? Ukraine's one of them. Um, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, sorry about dropping the F-bomb. I was going to try and make, uh, these family-friendly shows. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll do better next time. Um, but you know, going back to this thing is that, you know, we've got a premier who is happy to do that, yet turns around and says, nope, no Australia Day Parade. Um, and even a, you know, a prime minister who's going to be the first one to march in a pride parade, like whoop do freaking do Like what, what job is it of his? What relevance does it have to his office that he can do that? Or that you know, he's just a minister of state. Um, you know, he's not the, um, uh, what is it? I can't remember what the term is. Anyway, uh, you know, he, he's not the, the head of state, that's it. He's not the head of state. He's just a minister of state. So, you know, and, and it shows you once again where their loyalties lie. Not a tweet from Andrews or Albanese about Australia Day. And yet they did, they're doing this and we've gone about cutting ribbons for some freaking building um, and all that sort of stuff. And they're talking about um, all these other things yet make, remain silent about Australia Day. Um, and as I've said um, got my doubts, of, you know, thoughts about Australian Day from the the utopian anarchist point of view. Um, I'd like there to be no borders and no governments, no countries, no nations, etc., etc. We're free to go wherever we want uh, because we're all uh, good men, and good women. Uh, from that one, so from that. But then, by the other side of the coin, um, it's. It's things that, you know what, I think we need to hold on to this one. We cannot let this one go um, because no day is going to be good enough for those who are opposed to it um, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, anyway, um, we need to, to wake up and, and realise. Now, speaking of things that we need to wake up and realise, uh, that there is no Liberal Party. The Liberal Party is just the, the Labor Party light, as I've said for the last couple of years in Victoria. Uh, same thing going to happen in New South Wales, uh, that uh, come the March election, uh, that Liberal Party is going to get hammered uh, and the Labor Party will take uh, take office and be able to form government, which means that we have a Labor Party government at all levels, um, a state and federal level or across Australia with the exception of Tasmania. Uh, so we are going to be screwed. Um, I do hate to say it, I have a feeling that come this winter uh, they will be locked down again because they're pushing the fifth jab. Uh, there will be some some way or some reason why it needs to be locked down, whether they dramatise how bad the wood flu is or something like that. I just and, and I so want to be wrong about this. Um, but it's just niggling me that yeah, there's a, there's a lockdown coming, 
um, especially when they have control across the board at both levels of government uh, to be able to do what they want uh, for that one. Now, uh, federally, I don't think we've got a competent Liberal government, um, so I think that they just need to fracture from the National Party, uh, separate, and then even internally as well, just separate those ones who want to go left, just start a new left-leaning party um, for whatever it is, and, and those who you know, uh, want to have... Uh, traditional conservative values, I think you need to start your own party um, because leadership of the Liberal Party with Dutton still not making a taking a stand on the voice. Uh, mate, and, you know, and, and it's the thing is um, Dominic Perrottet or, or whatever his name is in New South Wales has agreed and signed up with um, Anal's um, plan uh, to, to promote the voice. So, you know, he's, you know, Obviously, if he's done it, then not. there's no hard word coming from the Liberal Party to oppose it. So he's going to do, yep, I'm going to do what I can. And that's the thing. We know it's a Labor Party push, so why would he agree to it? Why not just differentiate yourself from the Labor Party and say, you know what, no, I oppose it because of this, this and this. Mate, you're going to get hammered at the election, so why not go down fighting instead of go down you know, pretending that you're something else? But then again, he's probably not. He's, you know, I've said it privately and a couple of times that he was just marking time after Gladys was booted out, um, that he was just marking time until, you know, the, the true heirs to the New South Wales Parliament can take over and that is the New South Wales Labor Party uh, for that one. So, yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things is that, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting next couple of years until we can start an election cycle again and, and vote them out. Um, yeah, so what else was there? Who was I going? I, did I finish? No, I did talk about the invasion of outer space and um, Ronnie Reagan uh, for that one. Um, what else is there? Oh, there's been so much that I wanted to talk about and just that life got in the way and I wasn't been able to have a big rant on the podcast. Um, and, you know, by the time I get all my, all my chores done and everything like that, it gets to about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night and I'm, I'm too buggered uh, to stay up for another hour and a half or two hours to, to record and put a podcast. So, I, uh, you know, I'll go to bed and I'll do it the next day. Um, but anyway, here we are. Um that's it, other news. I still haven't got the website fixed up yet. Uh, as I said, things have been in the way, though one thing that I have done is uh, updated this the podcast on the Fountain Network. So um, it's a value for value thing. Uh, if you find, you know, you do get value out of this podcast, uh, any uh, of the new podcasting platforms, I think it's Podcasting 2.0, that do take uh, this running on the Lightning Network, um, you know, go there and, um, you know, you, you can support the show. Uh, let me have a look. Um, I've had uh, a couple of supporters over the last couple of weeks. Uh, let me dig up my app. Uh, and I do thank those people who have done that and supported the show. Um, I've got there you go, eight supporters. Um, 
activity. Uh, income. Okay. Um, so where are we? Um, so different users can can drop in a handful of, of satoshis because it's all run on um, Bitcoin um, for that one. So yeah, just thanks to all those who have who've donated. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Uh, it is giving me more motivation to get out and do more. Uh, so I will be doing more. Uh, if you're on one of those apps or, or something like that, uh, you can show your support uh, for for the show. Um, you know, if you don't, even just an email or a comment, uh, you know, is is really appreciated uh, from my part. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, but anyway, folks, uh, I think I might end that one here um, and see what happens tomorrow. There's going to be heaps of stuff to rant about tomorrow, so um, we'll see how I go with that one. Um, and uh, yeah, what I, what I can get done um, uh, when the podcasts come out and everything like that. Sorry, I have a bit of a mental blank. I um, forgot to turn the light in my office and it's uh, getting a bit dark in here so I'm just going by the glow of uh, my uh, computer screen and uh, the wonderful roadie uh, Procaster. Is it Procaster mixing desk? Um, so, yeah. So, but anyway, folks, uh, as I said, thanks for listening and I uh, look forward to having you join me on the next one. So until then, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.